Hey everybody, this is Chelsea Schaefer and Caitlin Dustoff, and this is The Score, the official podcast of the sport of team roping. This is the Team Roping Journal's semi-weekly podcast, highlighting the team roping industry's top talents and influencers through stories that inspire and connect ropers. We sit down with ropers from the professional ranks, as well as industry icons and producers to delve into topics that make the team roping world tick. This is season two. It will feature even deeper interviews, storytelling, and issue-based coverage, and we are so excited you're here. Before we get started, we've got to thank our sponsors at Fastback Ropes. They're presenting this week's episode, and they just launched a new rope, the Cobalt. Similar in diameter to the Excalibur, this rope will appeal to ropers who prefer more tip weight and less body or bounce, and we'll tell you more about it later in this episode. If you can't wait, head on over to fastbackropes.com and check it out. Here's my first memory of Brock Hansen. It was a few weeks before he made his first appearance in the Thomas and Mac back in 2012. I didn't know much about much at the time, but my boss had written a column of NFR team roping predictions, and I was the one who was responsible for posting it on Facebook. In those predictions, he mused that no first-time NFR qualifier had ever won the world in the team roping, which regrettably wasn't true. So he ruled out Brock and his then-partner Ryan Motes right off the bat, right there in print. Cue the backlash. Holy moly. Brock and Ryan have some really loyal fans because they're really good guys. And folks were mad. I ducked and dived and dodged bullets right up until round one of the NFR. And admittedly, my boss, who was about as good and honest as they come and just made a mistake, he talked to Ryan about it and sure enough apologized. Okay, so Brock and Ryan, this is round one of the 2012 NFR. They showed us. They won the first round of that year's finals. They won the fifth round, and they finished fourth in the average and placed in a couple more rounds. They didn't win the world, but they had a really good finals. And in the case of those predictions that a lot of guys use to make maybe their pro fantasy rodeo teams, they would have been a heck of a pick that year. I like to think that Brock's forgiven me at this point, seven years into our working relationship. Since then, he's headed for Corey Koontz and Cesar De La Cruz and Ryan Motes again. And now he's healing for Colorado's J.B. James. He's had a son, Silver, with his wife, Teray, and he's made some great horses on both ends along the way. Lots of guys can rope both ends, but Brock's kind of made an art of it. That's really what I wanted to talk about him on this episode of The Score. He's a two-time Colorado High School Rodeo Association healing champ, but of course he made his first finals heading. I really hope you enjoy his perspective on this kind of fun topic. A lot of people like to switch ends. Sometimes they do it more often than others. But I think Brock, what Brock has to say is really valuable, and I hope you enjoy it. Quick note before you all start into this episode, and I think I'll say it as well in the interview, Brock and I have our kids with us while we're doing this interview, and so it gets a little creative. So Caitlin did a really good job of taking a lot of mommy mommies and daddy daddies out of it, but... Hang with us, because occasionally we can't cut out all the kids. Thanks. Morning, Brock. Good morning. <laughs> so, uh, to start off, you did ask me if you needed to wear a hat and shirt and everything for this, so you're not a podcast fan, right, I guess. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. So good. I like it. It seems like most cowboys are not podcast fans until they are on the score, and then they get hooked on podcasts. Yeah. And we're also parenting at the moment, too. So if anybody, any of our listeners hear a 
two-year-old or a three-year-old demanding something, we apologize. Do you want to say something? Go ahead. Say hi, Brock. Hi, <laughs> Okay, go play with Silver. <laughs> so, Brock, you, um, there's a couple things I really wanted to talk to you about because this episode is about switching ends. Okay. Um, and we're going to do a, an article in the magazine about switching ends, too. Okay. So, you always roped both ends as a kid, right? I did. Um, when I grew up, I grew up heading, and my brother always healed for me. And then through the through the junior rodeos, through the junior rodeos, he was just old enough that he advanced to the age group. And, okay. He advanced to the next age group, and I needed a partner, so I was going to rope with Luke Lancaster because our families were close families. And we both headed, so that's when I switched to healing. And then I healed for a long time. But, yeah, growing up, I I had always headed and healed. And then when I kind of started riding outside horses and stuff, you head and heal both. So, yeah. So does switching ends now come from maybe, like, losing interest or being frustrated with one? or? Though I, I like to do both. Um, at the time, I had healed and... The first time I switched and went to heading, I thought there was, I guess I thought there was guys that, that healed better than me. There was a lot of guys that healed better than me, and there was, there's sure enough a lot of guys that headed good, but there was, I don't know, I guess in my opinion, there was, I don't know, six or eight guys that were were kind of more of a dominant style, where the, whether it was jackpotting or the, the fast one-head rodeos, those guys had a chance to win something. I thought, man, there's, there's. I don't know, six, eight, ten guys who are really good when there's 30 guys that are going to get two feet if they get them turned fast enough. So if I was going to kind of dedicate myself or work work hard in a direction, I like my odds of getting somebody better if I hit it. So that's that's how I made my decision and then shortly figured out it was – I've seen why there's only eight or ten guys because it was a lot harder than than what I had expected. Mm-hmm. And, and But I said I was I was committed and, and – kind of went that direction Mm -hmm. and um, horsepower is is huge on both ends but but heading especially and horsepower is different for different guys it took me a while to learn that I always thought you had had one that scored perfect and and could run and do everything where some of the guys they they might not need one that's quite as fast because they they look for different things in different horses and and I learned that kind of the hard way where I thought I needed a specific horse and that's that's hard to learn too is what fits the individual mm-hmm. but horsepower is a big thing head and healing both but um, especially heading you've got to have a, a good head horse and so last year you headed last year I headed um, for for part of the year for Ryan yeah and did good kind of had a had a, a pretty good winter and then spring and summer we kind of just plugged along there and had a couple tough breaks that weren't really our decision you know the, there's a call at Cheyenne that was could have been a huge one and it wouldn't have been so bad if it was a, a normal rodeo or whatever but um, yeah. a big rodeo like that kind of the chunks and, and I ended up deciding to go home and stay home and Ryan went to the Northwest and did great rope with Coleman and, and they've obviously had a great year this year too so it worked out worked out really good I guess at the professional level it's not just as easy as pulling out a pra- like a couple practice horses and going when you switch ends like it's, it is a massive undertaking to find head horses again then find heel horses again like yes it is it's it's really big um it's 
and, and uh, usually a horse kind of goes with a partner. I mean, if you got good horses, you usually have a good partner. The guys who kind of struggle on the head horses, you know, I mean, the you got to figure the, the guy you're roping with. It's a team deal. So if you're healing, you obviously you don't own them, but it's like, hey, that's your head horse too. You know, whatever head horse is on the team is on the team. And, and same with heel horses. So when you're looking at a partner, it's more than, hey, can this guy rope good? There's there's a ton of guys that rope good. I mean, that's not that's not even a question anymore. It's hey, can they can they keep their horses going? Do they have a good enough horse? Can they manage the downtime? You know, I mean, it's there's a lot more to picking a team member than just do they rope good. When you switch ends at a professional level, how long aside from putting the horsepower together, how long does it take to put your like to get on point again, or to start healing good, or to start heading good? I think a lot of it has to do with experience. Um, if if you know what it takes, like you've seen the guys like Tyler Magnus and J.D. Yates, you know, I mean, they've done it forever and they know what it takes. And and I think you get to a certain spot where you're like, hey, I know when I'm ready and when I'm not. And when I first started last year, I don't think I was quite ready. And the bad part is you, you find that out the hard way. Obviously, you think you're ready. But um, those guys, when, when you've done it a couple times or something, you know what it takes and, yeah, I'm good enough right now or no, I'm not. And, and you can go to the jackpots. I think – like I said, when you get to where you rope good, competition's the only thing that's going to make you sharper. So you've got to be somewhere where you can go and compete and and kind of measure yourself against the guys who are the best and, and advance from there. And you got to be realistic with yourself. You know, you see some guys who they, they rodeo all year, and it's like, man, you, you needed to make some changes. And then it's like, at the end of the year, then we're going to make some changes. Well, you just, I mean, you lost all year. You mm-hmm. should have made these changes before, you know. So I think that's a lot of it is, is being realistic with yourself and know, hey, when I'm ready and when I'm not. When you're heading, who do you look to for advice? You know, I've got a couple guys who I, I don't want to say I trust or believe, but that score similar or some, mm-hmm. some people that I can read, you know, that, you know, I've, I'm obviously a big fan of, of like Luke Brown. And when Travis Trine was going, I could, I could follow Travis scoring really good. So if, like there's been a couple times where some rodeos when I was maybe first or second out, and if I was second out and he watched the first team when I rode in the box, I could ask him what the start was, and it worked great for me because I, I had complete confidence in him, and, and I scored similar. So it was great for me to, to score that way. I scored to the pin, and he scored to the pin. You learn the, the measurements difference with the guys who score around the end, kind of what, what the difference measurements are. So I learned that as well. But um, there are certain guys that, hey, they score similar. They see things similar. Um, Tanner Baldwin scores around the end or scores, or scores to the pin but scores different than me. But he's the same way. I can, I can ask him what he's seeing. And, and I think Tanner scores great. And I'm, I follow him pretty good on trying to see a start and stuff like that as well. And then the other thing I think, too, is you got to find someone who's similar style. You know, I mean, if, yeah. if you're a reacher – you're not going to go ask somebody who runs to the hip for advice or their opinion, you know, because it's it's completely different the way they do it. And when you're healing, who do you look to? Is there somebody that you kind of try to emulate or who style you? You know, there's there's a handful of guys. I really study, like, Colin a lot because I think Colin's such a good horseman yeah, and he he's good with so his well. rope. Yep. Um, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of him, and I've, I always ask him. He probably gets tired of me asking questions and stuff but he (laughs) he takes it really good but yeah I study Colin a lot um and yeah there I mean there's several guys the guys that are hard is 
is the guys like Junior. That's like, gosh, he's incredible. It's like, I don't know that. Yeah, how did he do that? Yeah, how did, how did <laughs> yeah. he do that? You know, it's, <laughs> it's it's hard. You know, I'm, I like a like Jade and, and Clay Cooper, the guys who look the exact same, whether they were four flat or, or they're roping in the practice pen, their posture and everything's so calm and clean. I try to look for that because if they can do it over and over and over, it helps to make me think, well, maybe I can do it too. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, absolutely. Back when you were a kid, how did you go back and forth in the practice pen? Did you spend, like, what was the actual practice like? Did you have head horses and heel horses and no um when we were growing up I wanted to heal and when I was young I couldn't heal it was my job was to head Mm -hmm. and we each had I had one horse my brother had one horse and we were real fortunate the horses that we had um lasted us a long time and you could head heel and rope calves on both of them Mm -hmm. they come from uh, Robbie Schroeder and Mm -hmm. they were they were incredible horses you could do whatever you kind of wanted to do and, and they were good at kind of the level we were at when we were kids because they would take care of us but as we advanced those horses were capable of so much more than we mm-hmm. kind of ever knew but um no it was when I headed it was just headed you might get to heal two or three kind of yeah I don't say more of a reward but mm-hmm. but no we didn't jump around it was if, if you couldn't if you couldn't rope and, and not mess up heading then why are you even going to try healing because mm-hmm. you're not good enough to head yet you know mm-hmm. so no I didn't I didn't get to kind of bounce around and go back and forth until I was kind of in college it was either either I headed or I healed and that was that there was no jumping around was it was no around. No, no, no jumping around your rope handling though obviously you had to was it just roping in the arena that you developed the rope handling skills that you have to switch to jump back and forth or you know um I, I liked to rope growing up. I didn't, I remember one time my parents asked us if, if we wanted to go, I forget what it was. Maybe it was on a vacation to, I don't know if it was Disneyland or something like that. And my brother and I both were like, well, can't we go? The, when, on the Western Slope, Tanazi's had a barn in the winter. That was the only place you could rope, you know? And it's like, well, what if we don't go? Can we go to the roping instead? You know, that was, that was all I ever wanted to do. I wasn't. I didn't. I played baseball just a little bit when I was really little, and played pee wee football just a little bit. Mm-hmm. But after that, I just wanted to rope. I didn't. I wasn't interested in much else. So I roped all the time. Um, I had a handful of good buddies that we all roped, and and we could rope goats or whatever. You know, our, our we were all kind mm-hmm. of family friends, and and we spent a lot of time. That's all we did. We roped goats, or yeah. roped a dummy, or roped steers. That's all I really well, I wanted to do. Goats. <laughs> so we're sitting here, and Silver, your son, is three, He's almost three. four. Yes. And he has been playing with his fast lane and his rope the whole time. Is is he? Do you see it already that he's going to be that way? Do you think you know, he's going to care? Last, I haven't pushed him much at all. The last, usually, if I was roping the dummy, he'd grab his rope and play with it for just a few minutes, and then mm-hmm. lose interest, and then he'd play with his tractors and stuff. And he's got to be around some of his buddies who are roping, and the last probably two months he's come a long ways he's a little bit hard-headed like he always wanted to swing it backwards <laughs> and if I would try to help him he'd clam up he didn't want help mm-hmm. and he learns more or does better watching other kids than if I help him so he watches them and then he's swinging it forward and getting where he throws it and he's come a long ways the last probably month or two of wanting to do it more mm-hmm. 
Do you have a plan as far as how you want him? Like you said, you haven't pushed him yet. Is there gonna? Are you? You know, I don't know what to do. I think now the the way the sport is, it's like you it, for the kids to be great. It's like what's the incentive? I mean, mm-hmm. <laughs> this is one of the few sports. The better you get, the worse it is for you. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, if if you're 17 or 18 years old and you're a number nine healer, what are you gonna do? You know, yeah. you, you can't go to the World Series with the age cap, mm-hmm. and they're numbered roping. So the minute you turn 18, if you rope good, you've got to go against the guys who are doing it for a living. You know, that's that sucks for them. Yeah. There's no there's no way around it. It's almost like if you didn't if you didn't start roping until you were 18 or 19, and by the time you were 21, you were a number four, number five, and you could go to all the World Series and stuff like that's a and all the jackpots, like that's a much better gig, you know. Yeah. I mean, you, you get to rope for so much more money as a number four, or number five, or six than yeah. you do as a, as a professional type. Does he have a pony yet? Does he have goats to rope? You know, What's his? Um, the Bellanders from Nevada are great friends of ours. They give us a pony, and he was a little bit too much. I don't know if, if neither one of them was very advanced or if the pony was more advanced. But he wasn't quite ready for silver yet. Yeah. So no, we're we're working on that. And she's my kid is asking right now if if she wants Tonto her pony. She's all in right now. She's oh, yeah. all in on the pony thing. And he got to go over um, Trey, my wife, and Arena Day. The cruiser friends, and they live mm-hmm. not too far from us. So he got to go over and play with Caesar's kids, and they've got a really good little yeah. pony. And of course, they're not scared at all and again he learns by watching other kids if they're not scared he doesn't yeah there's nothing to be scared of so he's he goes over there and you can tell within i mean just 15 minutes you can watch him grow is what what bothers him and what doesn't Mm -hmm. so Let's take a break from this episode to thank our sponsors in Fastback Ropes. They just launched the Cobalt, their latest core rope. The Cobalt is similar in diameter to the popular Excalibur, and it'll likely appeal to ropers who prefer more tip weight and less body or bounce. The combination of poly and dyed nylon has resulted in a highly durable rope. The goal is to build a rope that feels good and retains that great feel run after run. Plus, it's aqua blue by request of Fastback customers and endorsees for maximum visibility. The Cobalt starts shipping July 1st, and the head ropes will be 31 foot long and available in extra extra soft, extra soft and soft, and medium soft. And the Cobalt heel rope will be 35 foot and available in soft, medium soft, medium, and hard medium. I want to circle back to something you said about, you know, when you were heading for Corey and then you headed for Ryan after Corey. Um, I headed for Corey and then I roped with Caesar. Caesar, mm-hmm. Caesar that's who. Yeah. And so, then, um, yeah. um, how, f- you were, I, re- I vaguely remember you being pretty frustrated in that time period at the end yeah. of maybe roping with Caesar. That's kind of when you switched to healing the first time or? Yeah, when, um. About halfway through, or, or kind of after the winter, I lost my good head horse on rope with Corey. Yeah. And I had pieced together a couple, and, and I say pieced together, I had some good help finding them and everything, and, and had some good horses that just, um, I didn't, I guess I, you'd have to blame it on me, I didn't manage them very well, because mm-hmm. when I got them, they worked great, and after, you know, four or five months in the trailer, mm-hmm. they were 
you know, a little droppy and just one thing after another. And, and so the head horse deal was extremely frustrating. Mm-hmm. And, and again, if, if you don't have a good head horse and if I'm not doing my job, it makes it so much harder for my partner to do his job. And so it's, I've never been one to really point fingers because we're a team. Mm-hmm. He's just as my partner, whoever it is, heading or healing is just as invested as I am. So I've never been one to, I guess, to, to point at my partner or think he's mm-hmm. not doing his job or something because it's a team. If this is a business and if you take kind of your emotion or your feelings out of it, it it's pretty simple. So how can we help each other? And if you can't help each other or you're not working as a team, mm-hmm. man, it's time to do something different. Yeah. You know, it's 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 expensive. Yeah. And if you're not winning, you got to figure something out. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Yeah, it's it was frustrating. And then you kind of, I don't want to say you feel the pressure because my partners have all been all been great partners. I've been real fortunate that I've never roped with somebody who I thought was trashing me behind my back or telling other sure. people or something. Yeah. Um, everybody I roped to has always been great. And I th- feel like we're open enough to discuss, hey, here's the problem, you mm-hmm. know. And, and, again, it's it's pretty simple to me. If if I'm losing money, they're losing money. Mm-hmm. So it's you got to figure something out. Yeah. So. Do you find it easier to keep horse power together when it comes to heel horses than head horses? You know, I think it is, but it kind of goes back to it if, if you're – head horses if you barely come out and he's just dropping and you and the header just barely gets a dally and that steer switches and he's real rough to come out of it that makes the job harder on the heel horse so horses i mean they can lose confidence just as easy as the people you know if that horse is having to work extra hard or having trouble following them that that's yeah it comes back to where like hey this horse this heel horse is not doing a very good job well the head horse isn't making it very easy mm-hmm. you know so if again if you got a good head horse no steers are true and in real consistent through the turn it's it's really easy for a heel horse to keep his confidence and to keep working sharp if every time they turn him it's like man i don't have a clue where he's going it makes it hard for that heel horse and then he's i don't going to take the blame or whatever but mm-hmm. it's it doesn't matter what you have they're gonna they're gonna have trouble being confident and staying working good too which mm-hmm. it comes back to the head horse you know so you are now behind which you've been behind great head horses but i mean with jb with jb's uh he's got several good ones but the the dun horse transmission i think he's i mean again this is strictly my opinion but he's if he's not the best one he's top two or three sure. in the prca right now um th- that horse is is great to follow he's and he's he's a freak a lot of the horses that are that high powered they require a lot of of maintenance as far as hey they got to be rode down you got to be handled there yeah the uh, phenomenal rodeo horse sometimes is borderline crazy mm-hmm. and and that horse is is incredible he's if he has a week off man you can get him out and go right to the roping and it's like you just rode him yesterday you know he's yeah th- that's a i truly believe that's a once in a lifetime type of horse and for anybody who doesn't know what horse we're specifically jb james's uh done horse transmission dun horse, yes. that came from Jay, Jay, from, it was Jay's come, horse. Yep, come from the Adams family. Yeah, and um, he's that horse has been one on from everything from Salinas to the the small four second setups in Texas. You know, I mean, he can mm-hmm. he can kind of go anywhere. The BFI and he's he stands out because he he does have so much run, but he's also so quick footed. He can be good at the short scored stuff as well. And he's a half brother to 
rooster, right? I believe so, he, yes. Rooster's yes. Patrick Smith that he bought from I the Adams so. as well. Yep. That's cool. And so what heel horses are in your string this year? You know, um, right now I've got a horse that come off the Blackmore Ranch that belongs to Trey and Terry Blackmore. That's mm -hmm. a, a really good horse and David Blackmore. That's a really good horse. Uh, I've rode him most of the winter, and he's he's come along real good. I'm starting to get used to him, and he's kind of getting used to me. And then I've got a 13-year-old Sorrel, and then I also have a 19-year-old horse that <laughs> is – I mean, them old horses are hard to – hard to leave home just because there's there's no tricks to them they, they've kind of seen everything and done everything the only thing that concerns me about the old ones is some of them take the time in the trailer good and some don't mm -hmm. so as long as they hold up good in the trailer i'm a fan of old horses is it where did the 19 year old come from is it one that you've had forever or one you just picked up the he was actually a head horse that has kind of been around a little bit and he got he was good to head on he just got to where he would duck so hard and i got him probably four years ago and I healed on him for probably two or three years and I sold him to a guy and he gets fresh even at 19 he gets fresh and be a little humpy so he, <laughs> he needs a little bit of riding mm -hmm. and um, I got him back this winter mm -hmm. so yeah I've had him off and on but for probably three or four years. So did you liquidate head horses after last year? I did I did um it didn't take very long the horses were, were pretty decent and for a decent head horse it doesn't take long to sell them. Yeah. Who has the one that you got from Blaster? That was a cool horse. I sold that horse to Mike Grant. Oh, awesome. Yep, Mike Grant got him. That's a, And Mike Grant is a really good home for any horse. Oh, it's a great home. It's <laughs> yeah. a great home, yeah. That's a perfect deal. This year, what are you most looking forward to about rodeoing this year? You know, I, I just like the, just to compete, I guess. And, and it's, like I said, I've kind of got a, I got a son that's three, so you feel like there's a window of time when you can do it and then you're gonna have to make some decisions sure. for your family on what you can and can't do but my family gets to go so I enjoy that and, and get to have them with me feels like when I'm gone we're all gone and, and you don't have to be concerned about some of the stuff going on at home so I just like that and I like to compete and I'm on a good team with JB everybody's we get along great and it's it's fun I mean you you like to rope and win but there is so much downtime that you I mean it helps to rope with somebody who you have stuff in common with and enjoy being around because mm -hmm. there's a lot of downtime and you got to spend a lot of time with them. And Fastback is sponsoring this episode and they're your rope sponsor. Yes, Fastback um, is incredible to work with. They're they're great, great people. I'll never forget. I went when I got on board with them. I went down to the factory there and kind of met everybody. And I bet it was. I mean, I just got introduced and it was probably. Maybe even two months later, I went back, and when I walked in the door, the, the latest receptionist said, hello, Brock, and I was like, how did, <laughs> how did you remember my name? Which I'm terrible with names anyways, mm -hmm. so, so people who are good with them, <laughs> it, it, I always notice it. <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah and it's been like that since day one. You truly feel like you're part of the family. Yeah. yeah they're, they're great to work with. Have you tried the new rope, the cobalt that they just announced yesterday? I have, I have. Yeah. I've, I got, uh, I got a handful of them shipped up here to Colorado uh, last week, so I have. I really like those. Awesome. I really like those. I think all the new core ropes. There's something for everybody. If you want a heavier one to a lighter one, kind of whatever. I think they've, they've done a great job of of get them, getting them out, getting them started to, to fit kind of everybody's needs. And what's going to be in your rope bag this summer? I don't know. I'm bad to jump around. It's it's. <laughs> I don't have a set rope that. Hey, I love this one. And and it's like 
kind of whichever one I'm holding at the time is like, mm-hmm. yep, I like this one. And then, you know, you, especially healing, you, you burn them up and it's like, all right, time to get another one. Well, it's like whatever I grab, I'm like, yeah, oh well, yeah, I could, mm-hmm. I could use this. So it's, I'm bad. I, I don't, I don't have a favorite, but I like them all. So I don't know what I'm going to have. <laughs> awesome. Thank you, sir. Yep. Thank you. Thank you all for listening to this episode of The Score. We'll be back next week with the short score, and we love it that you guys have listened. Remember, before you go, make sure you're subscribed to this so you get a notification on your phone. Subscribe in iTunes. Subscribe in whatever channel you're listening to. Most of you are on iTunes. So you'll just hit that purple subscribe button, and you'll get notifications every time we have a new episode. We've got a lot of cool different things planned for the rest of the summer, and we don't want you to miss it. And while you're in there, leave us a review. Leave us however many stars you think we deserve. Helps other people find our podcast. It helps iTunes track it and know that people are listening to it and really enjoy it. And we sure appreciate all your comments. Thanks, everybody. I hope you guys are winning this weekend. Hope you're winning every weekend that you're open. Have a great week. All right, before we go, guys, I want to make sure you thank our sponsors at Fastback Ropes. They just came out with their new rope, the Cobalt, and definitely consider putting it in your rope bag for the rest of the summer. The Fastback Ropes supports what we do here, bringing more information to the team roping industry. That's going to maximize your time in the arena because you know more. And we just love partners that will support these kind of efforts because it's what grows the sport. And we can't thank Fastback Ropes enough. So everybody have a great summer and we look forward to talking at you next week.